from the reading this morning, um, this struck me, or actually earlier this week, I should say. Uh, now, when they had saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. Uneducated and untrained. I know we have some educated and trained people here, but when it comes to the things of God, don't you ever feel a little uneducated and untrained? And so the religious people are looking and they're, they're saying, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I, I just, when I, I thought about that, I just, I think, man, I, I don't want to be religious. I don't want to just be with religious people. I want to be with Jesus. Amen. And as we, uh, as we sang that, Zach, could you put on the first verse of uh, that last song we just sang? Um, next, next portion of that. The father turns his face away. I, I think this is for somebody here this morning, is that um, the Father turned his face away in Jesus. The Father turned his face away from you when he turned his face away from Jesus, but he no longer has to look away from you. He gets to see Jesus as he looks at you. The, perf the completed and perfected work of Jesus Christ and I, I, as we sang those words this morning, I was thinking, man, God, it's so awesome that you don't turn your face away when you look at us. But you love us. You care for us. How deep your love for us, Father. Amen. Such good news. So, Lord, we want to be with you today. We're thankful for songs that we can sing that help us to coordinate our focus on you, to uh, direct our thoughts and our understanding, Lord, to you, Lord, that allow us, Lord, to express something of the value that you have in our lives. But Lord, we want to be with you. We want to hear from you. We want to sense your voice speaking into our lives, into our circumstances, understanding, Lord, how to better be transformed into your likeness, Jesus, so that it truly is no longer I who live, but that you, Jesus, are alive in each one of us. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to open with uh, the same verse that I'm going to close with. It's in Romans 15. So this is a, I don't know what a pre-benediction would be, but <laughs> just a, a blessing uh, over you guys and just a prayer for our time this morning. So it's, again, it's Romans 15, verse 13, and it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, God, we just thank you. You are the God of hope. And not just in a 
intangible way, but for each one of us individually here today, just you are our God of hope. And uh, just pray that you would stir faith up in our hearts this morning, that we would say yes to you uh, and exercise our will in believing what you have said and just exercising simple faith towards you this morning. And I just trust that you will do that in us this morning. Just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, I'm just going to share a little bit of a testimony of my past uh, and just my a piece, little piece of my journey with the Lord. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and everything, and my parents are awesome. They, they just did a, a great job, but I just, um, I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't there. Like, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this. I just, it took me a while to actually come to know the Lord myself and to, realized that what they had been saying off and on, you know, like in my childhood was actually true. So uh, I was actually, <laughs> at times, like I, I just, and I still struggle with this, like I, I can get really introverted, but like way to a fault. Like I can get very focused on myself and just uh, miserable. <laughs> I can get very like, oh my gosh, you know, like, oh. And just, I, it's easy for me to, to lose focus. So, uh, you know, growing up, I just remember specific times when I would be in kind of a funk and I'd just be like, oh, I just need to find something that I can latch onto for hope just to get through the day because my life is horrible. You know, I'm like, I was a little melodramatic. So. <laughs> and that never really came out, but like, <laughs> this is what was happening on the inside of me, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just think about, like, oh, self-pity and all that horrible stuff that we think, and so I'd be like, oh, if I just, I was really into mountain biking, and I'd be like, oh, I get to go mountain biking tonight, and, like, oh, that would get me through the drudgery of that school day or whatever, and, I'd, you know, whatever it was, you know, a movie, I would be like, oh, I get to go to the movies tonight, that was a big deal back in the day, because, we had like a tube television that was really grainy. So like to go to the movie was a big deal and something to look forward to. And, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, it always just ended, right? Like whatever I had used to put my hope in to get me through the day, it just came to an end. I'd, I'd do that thing and it'd be like, well, now what? I got to find another thing. <laughs> And uh, for me, it did end up to be like a lot of physical activity. Like I really enjoyed soccer and mountain biking, racing, and all that. And um, you know, God ended up—I say He broke my leg, or however you want to say it. He allowed my leg to be broken, but he, he put an end to what I was putting a hope in. And the reason why I have no problem saying that God broke my leg is because it's like the most loving thing that He could have done for me. And I just would never trade that 
like ever for for anything, but because he used that to um, to start to speak to me and show me, it's like he was like, you, you, you're hoping in all this stuff, and I've got something that's just way better for you. I have a hope that never ends. So, but it took me surrendering to Jesus, and um, when I did surrender. I mean, my leg, like, instantly healed. I don't know how else to say it. It had been broken for a year or so. Um, and I'd have, I had surgeries and all kinds of stuff. And So in my life, and I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but just in my life, that's what he had been doing with me and uh, specifically with Hope. And that day that I remember I was in my dorm room, is like, 1997, and I was in Coulter Hall. In the, I, my room was in the, the lower level, and... And I had just been reading this, you know, in Proverbs, um, it's like 3, 4, 5, and 6, and essentially it's, you know, you guys know that one, the trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your, on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your paths straight. But the next verse said, like, something to the effect of, turn away from evil, and it'll be healing to your bones. And, and I just was like, oh, and I, I had been hearing, like, about God and who he was, I'd been hearing this, this about this different God, like the, from the one that I had in my mind growing up, and he was so much better than the one that I had in my mind, and um, we've been singing about this morning just, you know, that he took on my sin for me because he actually cared about me, like me specifically, and loved me. And that was really, like, I was starting to believe that, like, for real. And, and I had read that verse in Proverbs, and I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> I give. Like, I cried uncle. I was just like, all right, I surrender. I just, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to just say yes, and yes, God, I, I trust you. I, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to yield. I yield, you know. And... Um, one thing, you know, I learned a lot about God that day, but one thing that has, that just really stuck uh, that day especially and in, in and out, you know, since then, but it really has to do with hope. And, like, I, you guys know, you've had your own personal experiences with God, but the hope that I found was real. And, you know, it's like the other stuff, I would put my weight on it, you know, like, sure, you know, this, this hope would get me through the day or something, but it was like, you know, it always let me down. And so this hope, like the hope of the resurrection, the hope that my story ended well, I could, like, trust that and, like, just lean on it, and and it held me up. I don't know how, how else to explain it, but... It, it's like it could bear the weight of my, my soul, and nothing else could, no other hope in my life could do that. And it just was never ending, and it's, it's has not ended. It just gets stronger. And um, Zach, if you could get ready on the, on the computer. Uh, you know, like I said, it was, it's the hope of heaven, and it's the, you know, the, 
my understanding of it initially was just really, really simple. <laughs> like, it's the place where God is, and God is, is pleased with me because, you know, I, I'm in his son now, and he smiles when he looks at me. You know, like, I just was like, this sounds so awesome, and, like, that there's no more death there. And um, over the last 20 years, um, like I said, that kind of comes and goes. So I, one of my struggles is still like to, I can get really just inward and like, oh, I just lose sight of stuff. So a lot of times I feel like I'm going to play a clip from The Hobbit. I feel like I'm in Mirkwood Forest. So those of you who know, does, it, does everyone kind of know The Hobbit, basically, kind of? <laughs> okay. All right, so... Um, this is how I feel a lot of times. Go ahead and play it. Yeah. There's dwarves in these woods. Dwarves from the Blue Mountains, no less. This is exactly the same as mine. Because it is yours. You understand? We go round in circles. We are lost. We're not lost. We keep heading east. But which way is east? We've lost the sun. The sun. We have to find the sun. Up there. We need to oh, you don't get a second. There we are. What's that? Oh, oh, no! Quiet! All of you! We're being watched. the rest of the movie you'll have to do that later but <laughs> part of me wants to keep watching but <laughs> that's always the danger of using a <laughs> video clip right in the middle of your sermon so uh, 
I just wanted to show you guys that because that's uh, it was a good picture uh, for me. Just like you know, you could see just the the confusion. It's like an enchanted forest, and I just feel like walking through this life, it's pretty easy to fall into that kind of enchantment where you're just all you can see is <laughs> this dark murky forest around you and you're like I don't know where I'm going I don't, you know like <laughs> what's over there I'll go over there okay and then you're just like start wandering around and, and I just love what Bilbo says you know he's like you know the sun we need to we need to find the sun and reorient and he's like right it's up there and so he climbs the tree and then like his face his, his expression when he pops up out of the trees and it's almost like he's like the breath of fresh air and clean air and he's just like you know, like, that's how I feel when, uh, when I just start meditating again on where we're going, on, you, can, you know, the Bible calls it heaven, uh, the resurrection, uh, glory, the coming kingdom. And I love, uh, I was looking at it this week in Matthew 19, 28, Jesus calls it, the regeneration, but that's kind of too, uh, it's too close, it's too literal of a translation. Uh, you know, it's like a rebirth, but it's really what he's saying. It's the renewal of all things. And the NIV translates it that way, and I think that's a better, you know, more easy for us to grasp way of putting it. And just the renewal of all things. Like, you know, it's that breath of fresh air, and he's like, you know, Bilbo's looking at the the mountain, and he's, it's like, oh, yeah, I know where we're at. Like, I can see it. <laughs> and I just love, you know, like the sun shining on his face. And, and he's like, he's filled with hope again, right? So we're just going to spend a few more minutes looking at uh, our hope this morning. And, um, like, really think about these questions. I'm just going to use them and the, ask them in a what-if kind of way, but just answer them in your own heart. You know, like I'm going to pause and just really think about this and go ahead and answer in your own mind and just uh, think about it. Uh, you know, what if <laughs> your story really has a happy ending? You know, what would your heart do if you knew without a doubt that your story had that happy ending? What if you woke up and all your deepest longings had come true? You know, how would you live if you knew, 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 knew that your future was secure? So, that is the, the good news. Like, God is like, the God of hope is like, I'm, I've given that to you guys. And, you know, like we are singing that song, just, I'm so forgetful. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but I'm really forgetful. I, I know this is super basic, you know, Christianity 101, but... I think a lot of times we get so familiar with stuff and it just, we, we know it, we understand it a little bit in our mind, but we've stopped believing it. 
And what I mean is not like you've lost your salvation, but it's like faith is this daily thing where we need to exercise it just like lifting weights and being like, man, I, I believe that. I mean, it's just like it's part of the, the gospel. Like, Not only do I believe that he's paid for all my sin, and like, do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, There's a difference between just having it in the back of your mind and there's, you know, there's that and then there's where you, where you put your weight on it again. You actually take your heart and you just give it to God and you're like, I believe that my story has a really good ending and it's not just not just a mental exercise. Like, you're, it's your whole being. Uh, George MacDonald has a quote that says, you know, to hold a doctrine or an opinion with the intellect alone is not to believe it. A man's real belief is that which he lives by. So you can, you can kind of see where your faith is and your hope by how you live. So that's just been how, like, the Lord's been challenging me Lately, and um, you know, like like I said, I've known this, but it's like I keep I need to keep knowing it every day. <laughs> and um, what's that? Renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you guys want to open up to, if you have your Bible, Second Corinthians chapter four. And I'm just going to kind of read through a few chunks of scripture here. And just as I read, just can you guys with me just remember like this is literally like the word of God. God himself has inspired this. Like this is, uh, this is weighty. And to, and to really take it serious, like as if God himself was here, if Jesus appeared in the room and was speaking to you, you know, like that kind of gravity. So it's 2 Corinthians 4, uh, starting in verse 16. And this is Paul. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For a momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, he's talking about our body, our physical body, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with the dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge or a down payment, therefore always being of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home 
with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. So, there's a lot there, and I'm not going to unpack that whole thing. Just, did you hear some of the cause and effect, though? Uh, He's talking about focusing your attention on what is unseen rather than what is seen. He's saying you're wise if you focus on the eternal over the temporal. And in verse 16, you know, it says, we do not lose heart. And in verse uh, 5, I just read right through the chapter break there because I think it kind of messes it up. But uh, chapter 5, verse 5 and 6 where he's saying, like, this is the very purpose that God has prepared us for is to clothe us again. You know, that Eden again, the resurrection. And... Uh, it says he's always of good courage, and he says that uh, twice. So what I take, what I'm wanting to highlight out of that passage this morning is just that to focus on the eternal, to focus on the ending of our story causes us to not lose heart. It gives us courage. I mean, so really, like, I mean, if you know that it, any point from now until the point you die, like any time in between there, no matter what happens, you are going to be at home with the Lord when you leave your body. And that that's an extremely good place to be where you're no longer naked. Like your, your spirit and your soul are clothed in immortality, like a sinless nature. And, I mean, does that give anyone any kind of hope? Like, where you're like, man, if I knew that for sure, like, I'd be courageous. So, like, in my, in my heart, in my life, I'm like, man, because I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm in progress, just like all of us. But it's like, I, the more I press into that and just exercise my faith like man that is true like that is true God what you say is true about this about my future and it's so good like it makes me if like free on the inside it frees me up to be courageous like just like we were saying like I'm no longer a slave to fear like that's the opposite of hope so like this hope that he's given us just wrecks that fear just displaces it completely and we're able just to do his will and have joy and peace in this life and start doing kingdom stuff, you know, like wrecking the enemy. I mean, uh, Hebrews 6, and you don't have to turn there, that's kind of a short one, but uh, in verse 16 says, for men swear by one greater than themselves and with them an oath given as confirmation as the end of every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge 
would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So do you, I want you to hear the, the verbs in there. Um, we who have taken refuge. And it says, we have strong encouragement to you know, take hold of the hope set before us. And it's not based on stuff that we do. Like, thankfully, you know, I think uh, the, one of the main things that gets us tripped up in like, our assurance, uh, the assurance, the confidence that we have before God, the hope being really strong in our hearts is because we go back to thinking like, well, but yeah, I know, but God, didn't you see what I did like last night or like uh, last week? I mean, I really messed up. And obviously, yeah, God does see that. But what's the good news? Like the good news is God is like, well, believe that that sin, you know, your sin, past, present, and future is taken care of. Like it's not based on your performance like at all. So if you can believe this morning, then you can have that hope. And it can be really strong. So, and yes, I know real faith produces works, but it's super important that we just remember that. Like, it's really not based on your performance at all. It's free. And I love, you know, that it's like the anchor for our soul. And that God says that his hope is both sure and steadfast. Like it never ends, and it is absolutely 100% sure. That promise that he's talking about in Hebrews, you know, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, what? Shall not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. I mean, God, does he keep his promises? Is he trustworthy? Can he lie? No. That is what our hope is based on. That that God, the God of hope, promises to each of you that, you know, he's like, the resurrection, like, glory, the renewal of all things. Everything in this life, the good longings that you have, you know, like Proverbs says, the hope deferred makes the heart sick. What does it say after that? Do you guys know? Like, hope or desire realized is, I think it says like it's a, it's a tree of life. Is that right, Chuck? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, when I think of the end of our story, it's desire realized. You know, for the, well, I'm just going to read one more chunk, I think, and um, 
two more. First John, chapter five, verses nine through eleven, and it says, "If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For the witness of God is this: that He has borne witness concerning His Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has this." Witness in himself, the one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his son. God is serious about his son, and he's serious about the testimony that he gives. The next verse says, the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Last chunk is in Hebrews 11, and this is where we're going to kind of camp and end here. Um, It's talking about Abraham and Sarah. Verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which was, let's see, I'm going to switch over here. By, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So for the believer, you guys have, I'm sure heard this quote, like, this life is the most hell that we will ever taste. You know, for the, the unbeliever, this is the most heaven they're ever going to taste. But, you know, for those of us in Christ this morning, like, this is as bad as it gets, <laughs> this life. Praise God. So, like, you know, no matter what happens, it's going to get better. So there's a quote that says, um, to Jesus' eyes, this is a God-bathed and God-permeated world. It is a world filled with a glorious reality. You know, wherever I am, whatever is going on, all I have to do is look up, you know, like Bilbo. Like, oh, I need to find the sun. It's up there. I got <laughs> to climb the tree. Uh, the dawn of the sun of glory is washing over everything. And I, 
I just, I have this phrase that's been in my mind for the last few years where it's like, all I see is glory. And what I mean by that, like, it was, I think, something that the Lord gave me just to realign my perspective. Uh, I'm not being naive when I say that, like, on the contrary, like, I think the reason he gave me that phrase is because, like, I know suffering. I know, like, there are things I don't like that are happening all around me. So, but, like, Jesus' perspective, you know, it says in John that, like, he knew he was, he knew where he'd come from, and he knew where he was going. He knew that he was going back to God. And, like, that's the mindset that we are to have. You know, that confidence that, like, we know where we're going. This is a journey. Like, we are strangers and pilgrims, like, in this life. This is not our home. <laughs> and it's like, I know I, I apologize. Like, I know I say this kind of stuff all the time. Like, every time I get up, <laughs> it's like, oh, heaven. <laughs> and I just can't help but talk about this stuff because it's like, Oh my gosh, you guys, like, do you realize what we have? You know, like, that's how I feel. Like, I cannot believe, this is amazing. Like, the more I meditate on this and, and exercise faith in this, I'm just like, I always think like, oh, I'm going to just trust in this and then it's going to be, you know, like, kind of like resting on a shadow or, you know, like if I had a stool here and like, it's, you know, got a shadow to it and it's like, you know, trying to sit on the shadow. I just feel like, that's what's going to happen. But it never does. It just gets better. Like, the more I rest in his promise of the renewal of all things, like, the more excited I get and the more joy I have and the more peace I have. It's like, I think we just, or at least me, like, I'm so used to hoping in these little things, the things of this life, and then having those give way and having those let me down, that I think it's going to be the same with God. And it's like, no, it's just not. Like, you know, the Psalms say, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, like, that's my encouragement this morning. Like, taste and see. Like, let's, you know, I know we know this stuff, but, like, rest your heart on it. And, again, <laughs> and, uh, and see, you know, like, the goodness. Like, that's where the experience comes from like that's where the actual joy and peace that you're longing for that's where it comes from is by believing and by resting in that promise so i love that it says abraham and his family they saw the it says they they saw the promises from afar from a distance and they welcomed them like in my mind like, I'm looking at this, it's, it's the word of God, and he's made this promise to me, he's made this promise to you of the renewal of all things, this, this coming kingdom where everything is set right, where I don't have to say goodbye to my loved ones anymore, where there's no more sickness, where there's no more problems in relationships. <laughs> like, and I don't know, it's like, I'm like, Okay, that's that's true. That's that's right. Like this is the testimony of God. Like, and I believe it. And like the the further I go into that, it's like it's coming towards me. Like I don't know how to describe this, but 
just like we're saying, um, you know, like the light, you know, Jesus, uh, uh, the hymn we're singing, the Father turns his face away, and it's like, you know, Jesus bore that so that we don't have to. Like, he experienced the, the Father forsaking him so that we never have to experience that. But it's like, what's more certain than the promise of God? Like, can you think of anything? <laughs> like, it's a reality. And the fact that it's a reality and that I'm going there, like, for sure, because I, not because of my works, but because I just believe him and take him at his word, like, the hope level just gets ratcheted up. And it's to the point where it's like, you know, that phrase, all I see is glory. It's like, yes, there's horrible things going on, but it's like, I see it. Like, I can see the hope. I can see the promise from afar. Sorry. And it's like, man, it just makes me so excited. And <laughs> like, I want you guys, I wish there was a way to just, you know, transplant things that I see and feel with God, like to you guys. Um, because I feel like I, I can't do a good job with my words, but um, <laughs> the exceeding goodness of our destination and the certainty of our arrival there causes that which is in the future to break forth into my present circumstances. It frees me to hope and brings great joy and rest. My future reality is so real, so sure, and so good, and so certain that there's light and glory that can be seen by me now. You know, not in full. I still see dimly, but full enough. Full enough that it's like, it overflows. It's like, you know, and Peter says it's like this uh, inexpressible joy and you're full of glory. Like, uh, there's a psalm that says they looked to him and they were radiant. And I love the scriptures they talk about Jesus, like his face. It says it's like shining, the shining sun and its strength. And it's just like, whew. And like those blessings in scripture, like the Lord lift his countenance up upon you, like that favor of God, like his face is shining like the sun. And there's the proverb says like the, the way of the righteous is like, it just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And that's, that's, I think, what God is wanting us to enter into. Like, looking at his face, and it's like we're walking towards this God who looks at you and he's like, man, I, I love you, you know? And we're moving towards him. And it's, I mean, Knowing that he's promised, it's almost, I mean, I feel like he's, like, coming towards us, too. Like, like time is just every second we're closer and closer and closer, closer. And it's like, I feel like, it's like, why doesn't the church, I'm not saying, like, our church, but, like, the, the church, like, why, why don't we just focus on this a lot? <laughs> and, like, it's so fun, <laughs> like, to just sit there and meditate about, like, what it's going to be like. I mean, we have a lot of information that God has given us, like, about the coming kingdom. 
And it's so good. And it's like, I feel like the church, for, for whatever reason, and we're kind of, a lot of times, just kind of like, eh. And I know we're living in this life. You know, I'm not trying to minimize the hope that we have for God to break in in our circumstances on this life. But it's like, if we don't have the hope of the renewal of all things fresh in our mind, it's, it's pretty easy to get, to still get fixated on our own circumstances and to even like hope too much in things that are good, but ultimately it's not, it's not enough. Like, is this making any sense? <laughs> okay. It's too easy to fall into idolatry when when you don't have this hope before you. Having this hope, uh, it says in First John, like it purifies him who has this hope. Like it, it will purif- purify your life. And it's like uh, it reprioritizes your life to where it's like, okay, you know, what's important? It's the eternal. It's what's coming. Not, not what is seen, not what is temporal. That verse in Proverbs, it's 4.18, it says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. I mean, what can stop the sunrise? And that's how I feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm in, you know, this, in the darkness, but I'm like, I can see, you know, like what it's like right before dawn or half an hour before dawn and you know, it's, it's getting lighter, and then you can just kind of, you start to see the light on the horizon, and eventually you can start to see the, the sun peeking up over the horizon just a little bit, and it's like, that's what I feel like, this life, and it's, I can see it coming, like, <laughs> and uh, nothing's going to stop it, like, just enjoying the sunrise that's coming up, <laughs> so that's kind of been just my prayer for you guys this morning um, to stir you up a little bit to just, you know, take a second, you know, like examine, you know, where you're at and not in a condemning way, but just like, you know, what, what is your hope fixed on right now? What is, what is the object of your hope this morning? Really? You know, like wings, is it? We need to watch the Super Bowl, and all that stuff is fine and good, but it's like, just to refresh that hope, the, the good one, <laughs> the lasting one, so that you can enjoy that other stuff without putting so much weight on it that it just lets you down when you're done, you know? Like, ah, oh, now I don't have much joy anymore. And it's like, you got to have the... <laughs> Or, yeah, if your team wins or loses, it's like, man, but if your hope is secure, like, and you've really fixed your heart on the coming kingdom, it will not let you down. I guarantee it. Not me. I mean, (laughs) that's what God says. Like, he's like, I guarantee this will not disappoint. You will not be ashamed in trusting this. So, you know, does this knowledge... Change how you are living. Like, let's let it soak in and let it change who we are and how we approach our life.
And just as a real quick practical application, you know, like if you want to grow in hope this week, does, ever, does anyone ever get disappointed? <laughs> yeah, so the next disappointment you have, unfortunately, I'm sure there's going to be, an, uh, you know, another one coming. You know, it's like, let it point you to the hope of the, the gospel, the good news, the good news that, like, soon, whatever you're disappointed in, like, it's not going to be that way. Like, you're headed towards a place where everything is set right. The government, you know, like, I'm just like, the more I hear, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I can't, like, this is horrible. I can't believe <laughs> stuff like this is happening in our nation, you know, and it's like, it's frustrating to me, and it's, it can be discouraging, but it's like, you can just dwell on that, or you can be like, well, that's a, you know, I'm disappointed in that, in my government right now, and not... I'm not going to go too far down that road. You know, I like Trump, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> oh, Phil. Uh, there's so much. I love our Constitution. I wish we could get back to that. Let's just say that. Um, there's so much I'm disappointed in in our, in our government, but it's like, what's it going to be like when the renewal of all things, the coming kingdom, when our king... Our friend is in charge, and he is in charge now, but like in charge to the point where his reign extends down and it's, his will is done perfectly. You know, like we say, like, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, that's where we're headed, like, where his will is done, <laughs> because we'll be in heaven. Like, and I believe it's, you know, it's this, He's remaking the earth. We're going to live on the earth. And it's like, that disappointment, not going to happen there. Like, we will all be extremely happy with the government of God. So, does that make sense? Let your disappointments point you to the hope that you have. Good. Yes, Jocko. So, just going to end with uh, Romans. I know, end again, huh? Third ending. We did watch The Hobbit a little bit. <laughs> oh, just the same verse I opened with. And um, just as a, a blessing on you guys. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may be or that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So bless you guys. <laughs>many of you guys have shared but isn't it funny how you know when God wants you to share because you get this you would wish that it would be peaceful and easy 
but you get this churning and this gut-wrenching feeling, and it's like, oh, Lord, is that you? <laughs> um, so, wow, Hans, great message. Lord, I just thank you for Hans's heart. Wow. That he just wants that to just, I can just, as he's, as he's trying to get it across, I can just see him just wanting it to go into everyone and what he's seeing and what, he, what his vision. And it's, uh, it's so awesome to see. But, um, okay. Uh, so most of you know my story. Um, I felt like I started to sound like a broken record forever that I just kept telling the same thing over and over. Well, it's my, I guess it's my story. And, and um, it's, it's Jesus' story. Yeah, he, he uh, what he did for, for me, um, I was a drug addict for 20 years, uh, meth. Um, I'm not going to cry, Lord. Remember, we prayed about this. Uh, <laughs> So, so in January it was 11 years of being clean, and I just, uh, but, but that's intimidating to somebody that just got clean because it's like 11 years. How do you how do you get 11 years in? How do you get a day in? Um, it's it's one day is awesome, two days is awesome, one week is better, a month. I mean, and it's I don't even know. I'm shaking like a. Um, 11 years. I spent $300 a day sometimes for the last few years. It was 300 bucks a day. How do you come up with 300 bucks a day to get messed up? I had kids. They never got taken from me. Um. Hi, all the time. My kids never got taken from me. Hope. Wow. Hope. Hope. Who needs hope? <sighs> Didn't expect it to go quite like this, Lord. Wow. You're so awesome. Three hundred bucks a day. But you know what? Someone said the other day is, Troy, I don't care how messed up you got, you would have never become who you are now if you hadn't gone through what you went through. This was just a shout out for the Lord. Love you guys. Thank you, Jesus. A shout out for hope. Amen. So I didn't know what Hans was going to share about until I got here this morning. But this morning uh, I journaled on how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with them. And, And the thing that caught my attention this morning is is that he was healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And and so I, I looked up oppressed, and I, I wanted to better understand that, better be able to wrap my mind around, around what God was saying. And it, it ties directly in with what Hans was saying about hope. It's because oppressed means that you're dominated by. 
the devil. You're exploited by the devil. And recently we've been talking to our son David who's living in Cincinnati and he's been working for um, a particular lady that, that owns three restaurants. And David was sharing with us how how she demeans everyone and how she'll talk bad about David to all the other employees, but then to David she'll talk bad about all the other employees. And, and so it's always playing this dissension game. And, and I was saying, David, that's a form of abuse. It's a form of abuse that you and I live under. When it says that Jesus healed all who were oppressed by the enemy, he was saying Jesus is healing all who were dominated by, all who were exploited by the enemy. I can't tell you how many times that I've been involved with helping battered women out of a bad situation, and the majority of times that we've helped them out of a bad situation, they've went back. And the reason why they go back the reason why you and I go back into a dominated situation with the enemy is because we have no hope. It's exactly what Hans was talking about. That's the best we can hope for. And what I kept, Connie and I kept telling David is, you're better than that. There are more jobs out there than that. You don't have to settle for that. And that's the, the word, I'm going to make it real simple this morning. That's what this represents. It's the hope of Jesus Christ that we no longer are dominated by the sin, by the hopelessness. And that's where the healing power is, is because we get set free when we partake of Christ and we partake of the hope that he has for us. That's where we get set free. That's where things begin to drop away and we say, that's, that's insignificant. Those things are not, you know, it's like you were saying, the government. Yeah, it's irritating. Yes, it's sad. It causes me to say Jesus more and more and more because I don't know what else to say. When a state legalizes abortion, up to the time that the baby is born and they celebrate it, people, the only thing you can say is Jesus Heal our nation. God, help us. Help your church to partake of this bread and drink of this cup with a fresh understanding of the hope that you've placed in us. That this world is not heaven. We are destined for something better. But in the meantime, Lord, let us partake of this realizing that your kingdom comes and your will is done through your people today as it will be for all eternity as we pursue that. But Lord, as we come and partake this morning, Lord, let those things drop away that are temporal and let us instead grab a hold of the eternal nature of our God and partaking of this bread and this juice. Lord, in partaking of your body that was broken for us, in partaking of your blood that was shed for us, Lord, that this isn't a religious ritual. It's an action we take that says, I have hope in Christ. 
I have hope in the resurrection. I have hope in his power to conquer sin. Amen, church.